welcome back to the Unfiltered Career Search Podcast, or UCS for short. I'm one of your hosts, Sophie, and I'm joined with my fellow co-hosts, Sabrina and Amanda, and we're excited to be back with you all for another episode. So thanks for tuning in. As you know, by now, we're going to be covering topics surrounding career, college recruiting, and the struggles that come with all of that. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And I'm sure you know that while we are in college, we apply to so, so many things. We apply to jobs, internships, even clubs to get into. But when we apply to these, we never, ever, ever want to hear no. And the sad reality is that it happens sometimes. I guess not even sometimes. It it happens a lot. So today we just wanted to address that and say it's one thing to get bogged down by rejection, but what actually matters is how you come back from that. So in this episode, we're going to focus on how to effectively deal with getting no as an answer. Hey guys, it's Sabrina. And to explore this topic, we are joined by Eric. Eric is a recent graduate from IU's Cali School of Business, he graduated in December from Wheaton, Illinois, and he majored in finance and technology management. His favorite restaurant in Bloomington is Da Vinci Pizza, which I haven't tried, but now I'm going to. Hey, Eric, thanks for joining us. You're our first alum special guest. We're excited to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So, Eric, we start each podcast episode off by asking our special guests the same question. Could you share with us unfiltered what has been your greatest struggle in your career search? biggest struggle definitely has to be accepting that where I'll actually get an interview and an offer from and realizing where I won't get my interview and offer from. When you're like creating your resume or going through a cover letter and you're looking at other jobs, you have to realize what you're actually good at and what things you're not very good at and that will kind of tailor to whatever job you'll end up picking and people are going to know that when you're applying to these things on the UCS website or if you're on LinkedIn it's all going to depend on what's on your resume and what's your experience from and you know from past experience past fall when I was applying to places I was really focused on getting stuff that was strictly financial related and I was also throwing things out that were at a financial service institution but I would be getting more of the tech-based interviews and I wouldn't be getting the pure finance and I which is realizing that, well, I have that co-major and I've had experience in technology and that is kind of tailored to me where I need to go and trying to accept that. I think that was the hardest part for me. Yeah, I love what you're talking about there of being open-minded and casting a wide net. I think that's important for juniors and seniors alike who are applying to jobs and understanding that now more than ever, you need to apply to any and all opportunities that you see and not be too picky because as we all know by now, it's a, it's a tough job market to say the least. You bring up some really interesting points, Eric, and I would love to dive a little bit deeper into your story now. And as you've told us before, you haven't had it overly easy while in college. So could you give us an overview of the challenges that you faced? Yeah, I definitely had a, to say the least, a weird college experience. I think it was kind of me <laughs> that didn't make it easy, but you know, I started out at Baylor and then I transferred back to community college and then came back to Indiana because I realized I wanted to get a top business school from the Midwest because of that I had to go through standard admission. And I know maybe someone else that's listening might have had to do that. That knows it's it's not fun kind of go through that <laughs> when everyone else around you kind of is like, oh, well, if I don't do well, it's okay. I have another class where it's like for standard admission, you have to put it all on the line. And then for me, finding an internship that kind of rocked the boat a bit for me because I was between grades. 
So I was like a sophomore and a half while everyone else was junior. So I was still trying to find an internship. Mm-hmm. And luckily I was using my own network and found an internship that wasn't necessarily what I was going to end up doing, but it gave me that office and professional experience that allowed me to get the internship I had last summer. So I know you talked about a little earlier in regards to your biggest struggle in your career search about how you got a no last summer from your internship when you're expecting that return offer. What was your reaction to that and being placed in that situation? Instantly, I was pretty upset and mad. I didn't want to have the attitude of I deserved it or I was entitled to this, but I think that kind of came into my brain for some reason because I worked really hard there and I thought that if I leave it all on the line, I'm going to have no worries about not getting this job and just realizing that that wasn't the case. That was terrible and that was my initial reaction, but after about a week, I realized I can either be upset about this still or I can move forward from it. So I decided to reach out to my senior managing director and ask him for advice. I kind of worded the email on the lines of, hey, and no hard feelings from my behalf, but I want to know what happened. And he was able to give me some good feedback. I think that's so cool that you had the confidence to go back and ask for feedback as to why maybe you didn't get the return offer. And, you know, sometimes it's just like the position that the company's in. But regardless, getting feedback is so helpful for you to be able to take the next step to just grow as a professional. So was your manager open to talking to you? He was a straight shooter and he wasn't in my decision in hiring me. Couldn't tell me exactly because he doesn't want to get in trouble, but it kind of came down the lines of they had two spots open at that point. And the other guy just had a game time decision and just said those two. He had nothing negative to say about me, which made me obviously feel a lot better. And she was saying it was just kind of where things went. And from there, he reached out and he mentioned to me that he could help me out with my resume and my kind of my elevator pitch and where to go from there, which was incredibly helpful. Absolutely. I know with the managers, it's so easy for them to just completely cut the communication after the internship is over and leave you to pick up the pieces and figure it out for yourself. But I'm really glad you found almost an advocate and a resource in him. That's great. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't have to be your manager, but if you can find someone that you worked with that you at least got close (laughs) to that was at least higher level than fellow intern, if it was just an associate or a senior associate, that would be incredibly helpful. I agree with you, Eric. So just to conclude, like you said, you went through the junior year internship, you expected the return offer to avoid recruiting your senior year. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. So let's kind of transition now into the next step after that. So you went through the entire recruiting process all over again in the fall of your senior year. And as you know, a lot of students are going through that right now. And they're uncertain about the specific steps that are necessary in order to land that job. What would you say was your first step at the start of your senior year to really get back into the recruiting process? First step I would do is to try to get over it. (laughs) And that's so much easier said than done. And especially for me, that would like dwell on it for a long time. And even during recruiting, when I was still November and I got the rejection August, I still think about it because I didn't necessarily feel that great. But Doing whatever you can to move forward is good. And then building a support system, like I mentioned earlier, you need to get someone that's professional. So I found a great career coach and she helped me out for the whole time. And I thought that was amazing. And if you can find an ally at UCS to reach out to them when you have questions or if you have a panic about something, if you don't know how to write your email (laughs) to somebody and you're worried and you're overthinking it, that's the kind of person you got to look for. 
up to this point, Eric, you've created a game plan with the UCS. You've got your application materials perfected. But what did you do once those interviews started rolling around? Yeah, so once you get that email saying you're invited to a phone interview or something, first thing I do is just know what the company is about and know what they do. And I think that's really crucial because I know my freshman sophomore year, I would talk to people and I didn't even know what the company was about. And that was not a good idea. So just take the extra 10 minutes to do that. It's just crazy to me how easy it is not to know really the role that you're applying for. So again, I can't just stress enough how important it is to know both what the company does, what their culture is, and what you've just kind of signed up for. You made it clear to us that it wasn't easy always, but it turned out well. So what advice do you have for other students who may be wrestling with rejection? I think that it's more common right now than it ever has been probably since 08. So you really shouldn't be too hard on yourself. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the podcast. I know rejection and dealing with no can be a really hard topic to even just talk about. So I really appreciate your vulnerability and your candor today. Yeah, thanks for having me. On last week's episode, we invited guest speaker Giacomo to share his student perspective on mental health strategies that have worked for him in the past. And this week, as we continue that ongoing conversation of practicing resilience and dealing with no's, we've invited Ms. Kelly Higgins to share her professional expertise on mental health. So welcome to the podcast, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know you have a really interesting role in Kelly. So would you be able to tell us a little bit more about your background and what that role looks like today? Absolutely. And first, thank you so much for having me on and for having these important conversations. It's just such a critical part of what we're all doing is just normalize that mental health is health and that rejection is really hard and hearing no is really hard. So a little bit about me. So I'm the assistant director for student experience. And what that means is I oversee all of the mental health and wellness women's and LGBTQ plus programming within the Kelly undergraduate program. A little bit about my background. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker, which means I'm a fully qualified therapist. I'm technically not the therapist for Kelly, but I have been doing therapy for about 10 years now. And I also have an MBA. So I have a sense of kind of what it means to be looking for these kinds of roles uh, and for to have a really rigorous program as you're going through kind of your academic studies and what it means to be a business student. And I get to kind of roll those things together and be a resource for Kelly undergraduate students, which is really exciting for me. If anyone's ever heard me speak, you always hear me say meeting with students is my favorite part of my job. And so a big part of what I do is just meeting with students individually uh, so that they can talk about sort of how they're doing, whether that's creating a wellness plan, dealing with a particular disappointment, really anything else that's going on in their lives. I'm sort of the first step for students. You reminded me of last week, Giacomo was saying that mental health professionals want to be talking with students. So it's just so exciting to hear that come from you. And also just even how approachable you've been as the three of us have gotten to know you. I just hope that other students can see as well, like you're super approachable to come talk to about whatever is going on. If students are interested in speaking with you, what is the easiest and best way to get in touch with you? So there's a few ways you can just remember my name, Kelly Higgins, and reach out to me directly. You can find me an email. Um, I also monitor the KSBWell at indiana.edu email, which is really easy to remember for any wellness questions. You can always send them there. I also have a Calendly link. And so there's the ability for any student to just put themselves on my calendar. And that runs every single week in the balance spotlight of the insider. 
That's great that students get multiple points of contacts to reach you. So going along with our topic for today with dealing with no and rejection, what are some tangible advice coming from you, a mental health professional, that students can take if they're in this tough situation? Yeah, you know, it's a really good question. And I think there's sort of three things to think about as we're thinking about dealing with rejection or dealing with a no. One of them is just to know that it happens to everyone, that it's completely normal uh, and it's uncomfortable. No one likes that. It's okay to be feeling bad about something. Dealing with these things well doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt or isn't disappointing. It just means that you're able to maybe learn a lesson from that or you're just able to move through that disappointment in a way that doesn't get you stuck there. So just know that it's really normal and it's okay to have a big sad when you have a no. Part of what we need to think about is that sometimes our brain when we're feeling anxious or disappointed is gonna tell us things that just aren't true but feel really, really true in the moment. So because I didn't get this internship, I'm never gonna get that job I want. Um, Or because I got this bad grade, I'm never going to get that internship, those sorts of things. And that's just fundamentally not true. It's what's called a thinking error. We all do them and we can tend to catastrophize in the moment, which basically just means making it bigger than maybe it is in reality. And so one thing that we can do is just challenge those thoughts when we have them. We can talk to a career counselor, to one of our peer mentors, to one of our friends and say, this is what I'm thinking and have them give us some feedback about that Um, or really interrogate those feelings and say, what would I say to my friend if they were telling themselves these things? Um, And so we can really start to control the way we're thinking about things because that helps the way we feel and that helps us kind of move on to next steps. The last one, which I think sometimes is the hardest, is divorcing the outcomes in our lives from our personal self-worth. So I, Kelly, am not a failure because I didn't get a job or because I got a bad grade. Um, My value and worth as a person is completely separate from what job I have, what internship I have, what grade I have, what major I have, whether my parents are happy with the choices that I've made around my career and my academics. Those things are separate and that can be really hard to separate and take some kind of work and introspection but can alleviate a lot of that pain that we have when we hear that no, because instead of it being, I am bad, it's just, oh, this job wasn't a good fit for me. Wow, Kelly, thank you so much. That advice, I think it's just gonna be so beneficial for people to hear. One, that is totally normal to have those feelings of, wow, that was not fun to get that rejection. And then that what I'm thinking about this isn't necessarily the truth. I might consider myself a failure, but I have to recognize if my friend was feeling this way, what would I say to them? And I should think that towards myself as well. And then finally recognizing, you know, my self-worth isn't tied to a rejection. So thank you so much for those pieces of advice. So on last week's episode, Giacomo shared with us some really great advice on self-care tips that have been instrumental to his mental health journey. He talked about things like journaling, getting outside, exercising and eating well, and the importance of surrounding yourself with loved ones who support you. And then, of course, we've mentioned various professional resources, such as CAPS Therapy and Miss Kelly Higgins, of course. So, Kelly, in addition to those self-care tips and the professional resources across campus, what other actionable or tangible items do you recommend that students take advantage of if they're looking to improve their mental health? 
I think there's two things that sort of immediately come to mind for me. One is that every Kelly undergraduate student has access to an app called Headspace, which is really wonderful. You can access it through emailing that KSB well at Indiana email address that I talked about. And what Headspace does is it's essentially mindfulness and meditation exercises. Um, and for a lot of people, they think, I don't really think that that's for me. But really the reality is, is it's essentially training, just like we would do training for a sport or training to learn Excel or some other thing. It's essentially training our brains to operate more efficiently, to be able to recognize our thoughts and to be able to focus back on what we're doing. And so it can really help us with managing anxiety, with managing sleep. There are specific things in there for things like rejection, for prep before a test exam, for if you wake up in the middle of the night with a bad dream, all kinds of things are sort of available within that app. And it really is just that ability to train your brain to come back to the things that you need and be a little bit more conscious about the way that we're thinking. And so I can't recommend that enough. All of the science and research says that right now is the best possible time to be doing things like mindfulness and meditation, given sort of the environment that we're all in. The other one that I would recommend is a a podcast called The Happiness Lab. It's by Dr. Lori Santos out of Yale. And it's essentially a review of what all of the literature and science says about being happy and well and giving you what the research tells you and then talking about how to incorporate those things into your life. And so it's a really nice way to get exposed to all different kinds of activities and wellness programming and different things that you can do on your own so that you can figure out what works best for you and put together that routine that, that you think is going to best serve you and the way that you want to balance your life. I'm going to have to go give the Happiness Lab a listen to. A funny thing that we joke about on this podcast, uh, at least with our boss, is that Kelly students love data. And I think that's true in my life. So I'm excited to hear about the data behind happiness. But Kelly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you carving out time in your busy schedule. And I just want to say to all of our listeners, I, I highly encourage you to go ahead and take that step and reach out to Kelly or log into Headspace and try to use those resources that, that Kelly mentioned today because they could be very helpful. So thank you again, Kelly. And thank you so much for inviting me and for having me. I really hope that I get to see some extra folks on my calendar based on our conversation. All right, we've reached that point in the podcast where it's time to answer your questions. This week, I'll ask the questions and we'll hear answers from Sophie and Sabrina. So to start off, Sophie, how can I take advantage of UCS resources? So you can take advantage of the UCS in pretty much two different ways. The first being appointments and the second being drop-ins. So under the Handshake Appointments feature, you can go in and make either a 10-minute peer coaching appointment where you'll be paired with a junior or a senior peer coach and employee of the UCS to hear a peer perspective, or there's also 20 to 30-minute professional coaching appointments as well. In those appointments, we can help you with anything from resume and cover letter review to career exploration and general recruiting tips. And some of my personal favorites that I think not many people know about is you can also conduct a mock interview, both behavioral and case. But if you don't want to make an appointment, you can also stop into the virtual front desk, which can be found by using the Zoom Room UCS front desk. And that's no appointment needed for your quick 10 to 15 minute questions. To move on to the second question, Sabrina, what is the best way to answer a tell me about yourself question? So I would think the first thing you need to know is that you are probably nine times out of 10 
going to get this question in an interview. It's a favorite because it really tells a lot about a student, right? Are they going to recite back a resume? You don't want that, so don't do that. Um, are they going to hit on the points that you really want to hear about? It kind of gives a really great first impression. I would say when you're going to answer this question, make sure you really touch on the things that are most applicable to whatever job you're applying for. It's not a random, tell me about you know your hobbies. Don't do that. You really want to focus in on your professional life. Make sure you keep it under two minutes. Don't be a robot, and I think you'll be fine. Once again, touch, email us at unfilteredcareersearchpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions about recruiting, want help from professional coaches, or want to see what events are going on, head to careers.kelly.iu.edu. And as always, make sure to keep up with job postings on Handshake. We'll see you next week with the three of us and a special guest.